All right. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is John. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm just super, super glad uh, to see all of you guys after a great summer. Uh, we had a great summer. I hope you had a great summer as well. Uh, so, all right, here's how we want to kick off today is uh, first, I want to talk about what we are doing this fall. Uh, when we say we as a church, uh, programming-wise, here's what we are doing as a church. Uh, so here's what it looks like. These are in a little bit more detail in your program. Uh, but we, today's a live service, and so we are going to continue to do live services twice a month on the second and fourth Sunday. So you can see the schedule there in your program, and you can go and start to schedule those in your calendar as you need to. Uh, and then we're going to have groups. So we have a bunch of little communities that meet in uh, restaurants or parks or homes, or uh, some meet here in the building, but it's groups of five to 10 to maybe 15 people, and they get together, and those groups meet twice a month as well, uh, and they meet on the first and third Sunday-ish is how I'm calling it, because uh, they, they meet at different times and different days, and so uh, I'm not actually sure when all of you guys are meeting with your groups. So many of them meet on Sundays, some might meet on Saturdays, some might meet on Sunday nights. Uh, if you want to have a group that meets on Wednesday morning at 3 a.m., knock yourself out. So uh, whenever you guys want to do that, twice a month when we do those. Then we have two individual groups that are focused for age groups. And so that is CC Kids. So that is uh, our preschoolers through fifth grade. And they're in their groups right now upstairs, if your uh, kids are a part of that. And then Crew, and Crew uh, kicks off not this Wednesday, but two Wednesdays from now. Is that right, Julie? Uh, yeah, so that's our middle school, high school kids. They meet Wednesday nights. Uh, and Julie, who's up, wave your hand, Julie. Uh, Julie's the leader for that. So if you have a middle school, high school kid, if you know of a middle school, high school kid, uh, make sure you get them in touch with Julie because uh, that group meets on Wednesday nights at her house. And uh, she didn't want us to put her address up for all of you guys because, I don't know, she's afraid of toilet paper or something, I guess. I don't know, but that's what's going on there. We have, we're going to talk a lot more about this in the next uh, couple weeks, but we have a one-day retreat coming up on October 29th. Uh, some of you might remember uh, on Ash Wednesday, uh, we did a special kind of like new liturgy thing, uh, and that was written by a guy named Aaron Nyquist, who's one of my, I've just kind of been like a fanboy of his for a long time, uh, but I've gotten to know him a little bit uh, over the last little bit. So he's coming here, and he's going to lead us in a kind of spiritual disciplines retreat, uh, which I don't know if that sounds exciting, but I hope it does. Uh, because for a morning and an early afternoon, uh, prayer and just being able to be in the presence of God, he's going to teach us some practices of how to actually do that, and I am more than excited, and so I hope you put that on your calendar. And then we want to be regularly doing these practices of the weekly Sabbath. Some of you, if you're around in May and June, we talked about the idea that as a church community, as people who are trying to follow Jesus, which maybe you're a part of our church community, maybe you're not yet, and that's okay. But for those of us that are a part of this community, we've said that we want to take this idea that Jesus talked about, and it's in the Bible, that once a week we do our schedules in such a way where we take a one day for rest, for fun, for feasting. Uh, and we didn't want that to be just something we talked about in May and June, and now let's move on. We want that to be a regular habit in our lives, and we want to have this idea of the daily office, uh, which may be new or uh, old uh, terminology to you, but it's the idea of I'm going to have time with God, five minutes, 10 minutes, 
15 minutes where we are doing time with God every single day. Uh, and there's a great tool called Lectio 365, uh, which you can find in your program there if you're looking for a way to do that. All right, so that's, that's what we are doing this fall. Uh, now I want to turn the corner and say, why are we doing these practices? And it's because, as you may have heard before, church is not a building, it is not an organization, it is not a service. Uh, another way to say that, that I've been thinking about this summer, is that church is not a place or an event. Church is not something you go to. It is not a building that you can walk in and walk out of. It is not an event that you can decide to attend or not attend. What church is, is church is a group of people who love Jesus, love each other, and love the world. And like I said, some of you have raised your hand and said, yeah, that's, that's what I want to be. I want to be a part of this community, and I want to be one of those people. Some of you have not decided that yet, and that's totally fine. We're a kind of a collection of those that are in and those that are considering checking this whole thing out. Uh, but I added a word, the idea of actually, because what we want to do, why we are doing what we are doing, is that we want you to actually love Jesus, each other in the world. We don't want this to be something that we just— we, we get together and we talk about, and then, eh, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Uh, it's not just something that we, like, intellectually roll through our head and then believe. We want this to actually change who we are. Uh, and that's a big deal because it changes how we talk about a lot of stuff. And so, yeah, sometimes we'll say things like, we are going to church. And what I want to argue is that doesn't really make sense because you can't, like, you could go to a gathering of the church— but you can't like go to, because church is something, it's not a place, it's not an event. And then maybe more so, there's no proof, and some of you have seen this more firsthand than others, there's no proof that just going to church actually makes you love Jesus, each other, in the world. Uh, some of you know people, some of you have been someone who you have been to many church gatherings before, or you've seen someone go to many church gatherings, and it hasn't actually changed them. Uh, or another one is, what church do you go to? Uh, and that's kind of a, probably a better way to say it is, what church are you a part of? Because it's, it's not a place, it's an event. But again, there's, there's no research that shows that just because you're a part, just because you're like, oh yeah, no, I'm like a kind of a part of this. I think I signed a membership thing at one point. Like you're a part of That doesn't actually change you. Uh, or the one that is most convicting to me is this idea of how was church today? Uh, and that's something that impacts me a lot. Uh, for most of my career now, I'm 42 years old, so for 22-ish years, uh, I've worked in uh, religious kind of church services, and the majority of what I've done for most of my career is to get ready for, plan, organize church services, uh, because some of you know, these things don't just happen. Uh, uh, it takes a lot of time to write and come up with whatever I'm going to say. Uh, the band has been working for weeks, uh, figuring out what songs they're going to play and preparing and practicing. Uh, uh, Dave, our sound guy, he's been getting all the tech stuff ready. And like, we've been like working. It, it takes a lot of like planning and work to get these things done. And once like the final like product is there, uh, what I have seen, what I'm sure you have seen, is results can differ. And so sometimes you walk out of a service and it's like, yeah, like songs were a little bit hit and miss and uh, that sermon was kind of boring or it was very, I had no idea, very unclear. There was tech issues. It was just kind of a mess. And so you're like, oh, how was church? Not, not very good. Or 
sometimes everything is just like awesome. You know, like the band just kills it. Uh, like today, uh, the tech issues, no tech issues. The message is funny and compelling and convicting. And everyone high fives at the end. And you're like, okay, the church was good today. And that's fine. We don't want, we're not trying to suck. Like we don't want church to be bad. We want church to be good. But that's really not the question we want to ask. And so for the last little bit, what we've been asking more is this question is, is this actually helping? We, we spent a lot of time, like we like organized groups all summer long. Uh, we got songs ready for today. We got a message ready. You know, we've been, we, we have hired, we have all these different programs and tools. Is this actually helping? More so, is this helping to actually help us to love Jesus, each other, and the world? Uh, or the way I like to say it best, the way Jesus said it, Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, he said that Jesus came so that we can have life and life to the full. Can my, I think Jesus' whole mission to earth was that there's a way in which we can live life now, right here on earth. The kind of friendships, the kind of purpose, the, the kind of just interfeeling of peace and kindness. We can live a life that is to the full, and we can live that way for eternity. And everything that we do as a church is we want to help you to be able to live this full life. And so I don't have, our leaders don't have any interest in putting a lot of time and money into something that maybe would be cool, maybe it would be shiny, maybe it would be funny, maybe it would be, hey, that was a cool thing. But if it didn't actually help me, if it didn't actually help you move forward, we're just not game. And so here, that's why we're doing what we're doing this fall, is I believe these tools, if you were to decide, okay, I'm going to engage. Uh, two Sundays a month, I, I can make that happen. Maybe on Sundays where I'm gone, maybe we're even going to watch online. Two Sundays, like, yeah, I need friendships in my life. I need people I can go deeper with. I need people who really know who I am. So the idea of being a part of a group, having my kids be a part of a group. Uh, I don't even understand everything John said with that retreat, but that sounds good. Having that weekly Sabbath. I, what I absolutely believe is that these aren't just things that's like, well, I guess we got to put something in the calendar, so let's like come up with something for the church to do. I believe that if each and every one of you decided that you were going to engage with these tools and these practices— it would help you to better love Jesus, each other, and the world. And one of the big things, as a lot of you know, that we've done over the last couple of years is we've way simplified what we've done. We do way less than what we used to do because one of the things we know is that if you're stressed out, if you have no bandwidth, then that's not going to help. So we're trying to offer less but offer more helpful. Uh, now, before we go on, I want to try to where rubber uh, meets the road with that. So I'm guessing as you look through that list, as we've explained that, there's one, maybe two of those that jumps out at you a little bit more than the others. There's something about one of those that makes you think, like, ah, yeah, I do need that. This coming together and singing and uh, listening to scripture being explained, I do need to make that a more regular practice in my life. Being a part of a group, I haven't been a part of a group, I, I need to have my kids involved, the idea of a weekly Sabbath, uh, daily office. Maybe for some of you, you've thought for a while now like that that's what you need to do. You just haven't made the time to actually get it done. Uh, so before we go on, I would like you to turn to someone around you. Find one person. If, if you're like weirdly paired, then you can find 
groups of three, but try to find groups of two, and in about two minutes, share, is there one of those that jumps out to you as like, I think that's something I need. That's a tool, that's a practice that I need if I'm going to become someone who actually loves Jesus, each other, and the world. And then maybe, if you have time, a little bit of a plan of what you think you might need to do in order to step forward in that. Uh, because it might mean, well, if we're going to do that, we need to like sit down later tonight and look at our schedule because we're, it's not just like, we're, we're overbooked. We have too many things going on, so we're going to have to figure that out. Uh, it might be that you need to like actually sign up for a community group. It might be that you need to like sign up for something to do a daily office. If there's a step that you need to take to help you actually do that, maybe share that as well. That makes sense, what you're gonna talk about? Okay, uh, two minutes, go. Like one more minute. So if you've been doing all the talking, let the other person talk. Hopefully you got a chance to chat real quick. You can definitely keep chatting after the service. Stay as long as you want. Uh, all right. So that's a little bit on overview of what we're talking about, big picture. Uh, now I want to spend a little bit of time talking about what we are especially going to be talking about when we do these live services and when we do groups. Uh, and this is going to be different than if you've been around for a little while. Uh, for the last year or so, we've had live services and we've had groups. But as far as what we're talking about, it's been separated. It's all Jesus, but it's been different topics. Uh, for this semester, what we're going to do is we're going to 
talk about one subject on Sunday morning, and then when you guys get together with your groups, you're going to talk about that same subject, but hopefully on a little bit of a, maybe a deeper, definitely a more personal level. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. So we're going to talk about the same thing all semester long in both Sunday mornings and in uh, the small groups. And here's what we're going to talk about. You guys excited? We're going to talk about definitions. You guys excited? Anybody want to change their answer of what they want to work on to sign up for? All right, here's what I mean by definitions. And this isn't new to anybody, but here's what a definition is. Is a definition, maybe. Go to the next one, Steve. Oh, there it is. All right, there is a lot of words and ideas that can be defined communicated, and lived out very differently. So when it comes to different ideas, when it comes to different words, it's possible to, to hear, to believe, to communicate, and to live out those ideas very differently. Uh, and here's my analogy. So some of you guys, anybody know what these are? White films. Yeah, so this is way back in the day when I was young, I uh, worked on a lot of like theater type stuff. And before we had these cool LED lights that just changed lights automatically, you just had a white light and you would put one of these in front of the light and it would change the color of it. And so some of you have seen sunglasses or something like this. So if I look through this right now, you guys all look purple. You look good. You kind of look like, who's the McDonald's guy, Grimace? You guys going to look like him. Uh, now you guys all look green. Look kind of like peachy. And... We all have different lenses that we look through different subjects in life, and based off of the lens that we look through, it might be the lens that our parents gave us, and so that's how my parents always talked about that, looked at that. It might be, well, in my small town growing up, that's how we all viewed that, or in my culture growing up, or in my big city growing up, or the way I've always been taught is this is how you approach this, and based off of who you are, what your story is, it can be very, very different. Uh, so a couple dumb examples first. Uh, first is football. Today's first weekend of football deal. So if you were to look at the idea of football through a very American lens, what do you think of when you think of football? Chicken wings, okay. Yeah, you, you think of big kind of burly guys with helmets and shoulder pads running into each other. And that's kind of the lens in which you see it. Now, if you were to decide that you were going to look through the European lens or the African lens or the Central American lens or the basically any other lens that's not America, and you were to see the word football, what do you think of? Soccer. You think of like, yeah, skinny guys in shorts and like the, the, what those things? the shin guards. And hey, that, that's like what you think of. Now, for others of you, back to American football, when you uh, think about football, you might see it through like a really positive lens because you grew up, you know, and your mom was really into football, your dad, you know, you played football growing up. It's like first weekend of football is like, yeah, you look through it and it's very exciting to you. For others of you, you look through it through an incredibly negative lens. Uh, maybe you have some sort of like a moral, you know, you've seen like the concussions and all that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe you have a friend, family member. Uh, I have a, a friend who's told me this before, that they hate football season because their friend 
disappears. They're like, all of a sudden, like, I, I can't, it's all you want to talk about is your stupid fantasy football team. It's like, and I just, I, when football season starts, it's just incredibly negative. Uh, others of you, uh, you look through it through maybe like a, a Buffalo Bills, Bills lens. And so it's, it's very optimistic. Uh, others of us, we look through a Cowboys lens. We'll see uh, how it all goes. So football. Uh, another lens, uh, idea of salad. Uh, so for many of us, when we think of the idea of salad, we think of what? Lettuce, green stuff, healthy, you know. But depending on which lens, you might see that we're different. So if you're thinking through like a very like Italian lens, you might think of like pasta or something like that. If you think of like German, you might think of more like potatoes and things like that. Uh, I grew up for a lot of my life in the Midwest. Uh, we were back in the Midwest this summer, and we went to a, uh, a buffet, and this was in the buffet. So they called this sweet potato salad. Uh, it is sweet potatoes swimming in butter with marshmallows on top. And to them, this is a salad. Now, for a lot of these ideas of definitions, it can kind of be harmless. Like, that's fine. You see it this way. I see it that way. You know, tomato, tomato. But for some cases, when we think of, like, the way in which we're defining things, it can really matter because it's not just, like, what we define it as. It's how am I communicating this? How am I talking about this? And most importantly, how am I living this out? Because... If you have a doctor that looks you in the eye and says, John, you got to start eating more healthy. You got to eat more salad. And what I hear is I need to eat sweet potato, butter, marshmallow stuff. The way in which I have defined that is actually going to hurt me greatly. And I think this is incredibly true when it comes to different things that we talk about in church, things that you might read in the Bible things that you might sing about in songs, that it's possible for us to talk about, we're all talking the same word. Uh, you can go to different churches and they're all talking about the same idea. Uh, you can go around the world to different Christian cultures and they're talking about similar ideas. But when they talk about it, they are actually defining it. They are communicating it. And most importantly, they are living out some of these ideas incredibly differently. And sometimes that doesn't really matter. Sometimes it's just, you know, like, okay, well, you know, yours is a little bit different take than mine, or like, you know, my view is a little bit more narrow, or yours is a little bit more wide. It's kind of back and forth. But sometimes how people live out some of these different beliefs can actually be incredibly harmful. Um, maybe one of the most uh, large versions of that. And so you can go to the next slide there. Here's some of the different ideas. Church, Christianity, gospel, is was a year and a half ago, uh, on January 6th, there was a group of people who stormed our Capitol, many of them claiming that they were a part of a church, that they were Christians, that they were actually in the process of carrying out the gospel. They were listening to worship music, in their minds carrying out justice and law, doing the truth, all based off of biblical ideas. And is, was their definition of what these things are right? Or is it wrong? Was theirs too narrow? Was it too wide? 
and not to like drive down that train a little bit more, but I, I bet if I could go through some of your individual stories, you have different people in your life who for whatever reason have decided, I, I don't really want anything to do with this whole Jesus stuff. And if you can narrow it down, it's because at some point they met someone who was living out one of these different things in a way that they just thought, I, I just don't know if, that, is that, if that's really what it is. I don't think I want anything to do with it. Or maybe for some of you, you kind of like have your like foot out the door a little bit of the church thing or like you're not sure because as you've seen people live out some of these things, as you've seen the way that the larger evangelical, often white evangelical church has lived out some of these ideas, you think, is it possible that they don't have the right definition? If that's the definition, if that's what it is, if that's what it means to live it out, then I don't know if that's what I want. And what I want to argue is that for whatever reason, over the last, it seems like a couple 20, 30 years for sure, but over the last 2,000 years, that we have got in broader church world, it wasn't, you know, I didn't do it, no one, we've got some of these definitions of what it means to be a Christian screwed up. Sometimes they're too narrow, sometimes they're too wide, sometimes they're just plain wrong. And so what we want to do this semester is we want to spend some time defining what some of these things, because I want you to know what the right definition is. I want you to be able to communicate the right definition to your friends. And most importantly, I want you to be able to live those definitions out. So here's some of the big themes that we're going to look at. And these are the, the big themes that are actually in the Bible. These aren't the only big themes, the only big ideas in the Bible, but they are some of the biggest themes and ideas in the Bible. The idea of blessed, what does it mean to be blessed? You hear someone say, like, boy, I just want you to be blessed in your life. I just want to pray a blessing. What does that look like? Different people will have different definitions. What's the right definition? Uh, if you say saved, I, I just want to pray that everyone in Albany gets saved. What does that mean? Different definitions. Uh, if you say, man, we need to be people of the law. There's rules that we need to follow. God is a God of law and rules. What does that mean? And on and on, we're going to spend some time looking at each of those about what I think are the right definitions. Now, here's a very good question that you might ask. John, how do you know what the right definition is? <laughs> I mean, you seem nice. <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're, you got a d degree from a Bible college in Illinois, so that's like worth, you know, something. But like, I, who are you to say that these people are wrong and you have the right definition? I'll tell you why. Because this summer, uh, some of you know, we got a chance to spend time in Guatemala. And while we were in Guatemala, I met somebody, and that person knew all the right answers, every single one. They not only knew what to believe about everything, they knew how to live everything out. Not only did they know how to live things out, they were actually doing it. And that person sat down and gave all their wisdom to me, and now I'm here to portray it to you. <laughs> Sound right? Now, as crazy and audacious as that sounds, that's basically the claim that we are going to make over the next few months. Because it's that exact claim that Jesus, 2,000 years ago, did again and again and again and again. As Jesus looked at the definitions that were portrayed in the Bible, and Jesus said, if you want to know the right definition, I know it. There's a lot of wrong definitions out there. Jesus addressed a lot of these. 
There's a lot of, I know the right definitions. And not only do I want to tell you the right definitions, but I want to, if you want to know how you actually live these ideas out, all you got to do is watch me. Watch how I interact with people. Watch how I treat people. And however I did it, that's how I want you to do it. So I want to look at just one example. There's many examples of Jesus making this kind of big, audacious claim. But here's at least one of them. Uh, this is found in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew uh, chapter 5. As Jesus said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. And so when Jesus says law and prophets, uh, back in that day, there wasn't a, a Bible like what we have a Bible. It was a bunch of individual scrolls. So you'd go to any synagogue, temple, and there'd be all these different scrolls. And some of the scrolls, they kind of grouped together. These are the law scrolls. And then others are the prophet scrolls. And these are what became the Old Testament of the Bible. So kind of this whole section. So Jesus is saying, all right, here's what I want to do. Is I want to talk about these. This is how in the Old Testament, if you're a Jewish Israelite person, you were trying to figure out, how am I going to live my life? How am I going to define these big concepts? And Jesus says, I want to talk about them. And first thing he wants you to know is, I have not come to abolish them, which means that there was many times, and you can see this as you read through the stories of, of Jesus, that as Jesus was teaching, as Jesus was explaining, here's how I'm defining how you should do these things. Oftentimes, as people would watch how Jesus was actually living out these ideas, there was this kind of, oh, I think he's trying to like go against tradition. Like, I think this is like how the rabbis, this is how this whole religious group, here's how the priest, here's how a group called the Pharisees, here's a group called the say, here's how they have always said we need to define this. Here's how they have always said we need to believe in this and live this out. But what Jesus is saying is so different, so countercultural, that there was kind of this thought of like, I, I think he might be trying to like abolish this whole thing. Uh, and that'll be a big deal for a lot of us as we go through the next couple months. Because as we explain what I believe is the Jesus lens for seeing a lot of these things, it might be different than what you've been taught growing up, what you were presented with. And again, it's not my version, my lens, but we're not trying to look through like the American lens. We're not trying to look through the my family lens. We're not trying to look through like my Baptist church or my charismatic church or you know what my friend. We're trying to say, what is the Jesus lens? And so many times it's so different and radical, I would say better that it kind of raises something and of like, man, Jesus feels like he's like doing something really radical and revolutionary here. And he is, um, but he's doing something really great. And the next thing he says is that I've come to abolish them, but what I have done is I've come to fulfill them. And the idea of fulfill isn't just to like do them. It's the idea of like, I came to complete them. I came to show you what they were always supposed to look like. I, I came to show you the right definitions. I came to show you oh, that's what blessed was always, now I get it. That's what saved, okay, now that Jesus kind of summed the whole thing up. Uh, here's the way that the message, uh, it's different translations of the Bible. This is the way that the message translation translates it. I think he does a good job. He says, don't suppose for a minute that I have come to demolish the scripture, which again, a lot of people thought Jesus was like, he's trying to like get rid of the Bible. He's not taking, Jesus was taking the Bible very seriously. He was doing something different and better either God's law or the prophets. I'm not here to demolish, but I am here to complete it. I'm going to put it all together. I'm going to pull it all together in a vast panorama. Uh, and what that makes me think of 
a couple years ago, uh, there's, uh, there's an art gallery at the Albany Airport for some reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, but if you go to the, the second level of the airport, some of you guys have been there, there's an art gallery up there. And they had a, an exhibit a couple years ago where when you just like walked up to it, it was this giant wall of spools of yarn. It was just like yarn everywhere. And it looked kind of cool. It was like a bunch of colors. And it's like, ah, hey, that's kind of a neat thing that they created there. But it didn't really make a lot of sense. Like, why, why would you do that? But then, way back from the painting, they had a, a set of binoculars, and the binoculars were reversed, so you were looking at the big end, and the small end is facing towards the spools of yarn. And when you looked through the binoculars, all of a sudden you saw, it, it was a picture, like all these spools of yarn, only through the binoculars, formed this amazing portrait that you couldn't see any other way. And one of the things that Jesus is going to claim over and over and over again is that the story of especially the Bible was this unfolding story that many times wasn't super clear because it was leading somewhere. And the only way that you could actually understand what the whole thing was actually about, what the definition was really supposed to be, how you're really supposed to live it out, is if you look through the lens of Jesus. Uh, so what we're going to do from now until Christmas is we're going to do just that. Is we're going to say, what does it mean to be blessed. Not only that, what does it mean for you to be blessed? Uh, what would it look like for you to pray for blessing in your life? What would it be like for you to hope for blessing? And it might mean something different than maybe how you've interpreted it before, maybe what you've like kind of steered away from of some like health and wealth, you know, blessed means I'm going to have like a Rolls Royce and like, you know, a private jet and that's a blessing. What does it mean through the Jesus lens? What does it mean when Jesus says that he wants to be the Savior of the whole world? What does that mean? What does it mean that Jesus says he wants to follow the law, that he takes serious holy places and people, the idea of judgment, and even what it means to be biblical? And we want to go through each and every one of those. And the idea behind it is that one, uh, go to the next one, is we want you, because a lot of different words and ideas out there, is I would love for you to be able to define it for yourself. I want you to know just intellectually, okay, all I can do, anybody can do, is present to you the idea of here's how Jesus defined it. I don't know your life. I don't know if you're a Jesus follower. You'll have to decide if you want to take the way of Jesus seriously or not. But I at least want you to know here's how Jesus defined these things. Here's what it meant for him. And then if you decide to, hopefully then we can start communicating in a different way. Because I think sometimes... Some of these Christian ideas have been communicated in a way that are wrong and they're not helpful. And most importantly, I hope that you can live these things out. Because these are things that are not just like written about in the Bible randomly and they're not things that Jesus took the time to make sure that we understood and live out appropriately. He did it so that we can actually live them out because Jesus thought it would be the most helpful way to live, is to look through that lens. Uh, so that's where we're going uh, this fall. I'm super excited about it. Uh, we're going to talk about each of these on Sunday mornings, and we're going to go deeper into it in our groups. And so I really, really hope you make time for it. Uh, before we go on, though, Ten is walking through the door. You can come up here, Ten. Uh, I want to give us a moment to, like, practice this a little bit, uh, because this is something that we do all the time in life, is just looking at life through different lenses and there's times we look at things through very hurtful, wrong, just not right enough, not wide enough, whatever it might be, lenses. 
And I think what God is always trying to do is shift us to like be able to see things through his eyes. And so you can come on up, bud. Uh, I, I want to give you a second to be able to reflect on a, kind of three big ideas that we talk about on a regular basis. And I want you to first have a moment of just being honest of what is maybe the wrong lens that you have been seeing some of these categories through. Uh, and maybe this lens came from your parents, good or bad. Maybe this lens came from your community growing up. Maybe it came from some friends of yours and the way that they always talk. Uh, but if you're honest, you're like, this has not actually been all that helpful. Uh, and if you're a Jesus follower, then we'll, in a moment we'll talk about how can you reframe that into what the Jesus lens is. If you're not a Jesus follower yet, you just think about what at least would be a better lens. Uh, and so here's the three categories we want you to think about. We, these are kind of, we talk about all the time. We're going to be a group of people who love Jesus, each other, and the world. So I want you to first uh, spend a little bit of time. I'll explain these and I'll give you a moment to think about them. Think about others. Uh, and when you think of others, uh, some of you might want to think about a group of people. Some of you might want to think about kind of a group of neighbors, family. Uh, some of you might want to think about a certain political group. Some of you might want to think about a very individ an individual as coming to your mind. And I want you to spend some time thinking about what's the lens in which you have been seeing that person, that group of people. Uh, some of us have been looking at people through a lens of envy. How can they have... Uh, some of us are moving through a lens of competition. Some of us are moving through a lens of judgment. Uh, some of us have been looking through a, a, a lens of uh, superiority. Some lens that just, it hasn't been all that helpful. Uh, next one then is we want to spend some time thinking about uh, ourselves. What's the lens that you've been thinking about yourself? Maybe you've been thinking about yourself as more important than you really are. Maybe for a lot of us, we've been thinking of ourselves as less important than we really are. Maybe you've been looking at yourself through a lens of guilt or shame. And the, the, the story you're always telling yourself about yourself, you know, it came from somewhere, but it's just not all that helpful. Uh, and then the last one uh, is, is God. Uh, what's the lens in which you've been viewing God? Have you viewed God as this like just judgmental, you know, waving his finger, angry. Uh, if you've got God as this like distant, you know, I mean, maybe he created the world, but he doesn't care about me. Uh, if you've been viewing God through this like, boy, like God's, I guess, the God of like the kind of people who storm the Capitol. And I don't know if I, is there some lens in which you've been viewing God that if you're honest has not been all that helpful? Uh, so as you reflect, I'd like you to go through each of those three categories how have you been viewing others? How have you been viewing yourself? And how have you been viewing God? Uh, and this is going to lead us into a time of communion. It's one of the things we do in communion is we confess that we haven't been doing things, thinking about things, acting things in the way that we should. We've been sinning. And so just in a moment, just confess, like, the way I've been thinking about that person, that group of people, has not been right. I'm sorry. The way I've been thinking about myself has not been right. I'm sorry, the way I've been viewing about God. And then I would love to, for you to turn, if you're able to, uh, if you're where, depending on where you're at with Jesus, to think about what the Jesus lens is. Uh, so this is John 3.16, which many of you know, and I think it does a good job of painting, if you're new to it or old to it, what the Jesus lens is. is if you're wondering about what lens God should be, God loved the world. 
That's the appropriate, that's the Jesus lens of how we view God. Is who is God? God's the one who loves the world. And he did that, so he gave his only son that whoever believes, and whoever includes that person, that group of people that maybe is in your mind right now, shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, which should affect your view of God and maybe affect your view of yourself and of others, but to save the world through him. Uh, and we'll define save in a couple weeks. Uh, so spend some time uh, as a template, just reflecting to yourself. Be honest in your own soul. You don't have to tell anybody else. Uh, confess the wrong ways in which you've been viewing other people, yourself, and God. And then just ask, God, would you show me, how, how do you view the people around you? Can I view the world? Can I view them through that lens too? How do you view me? Can you help reshape my mind so that I view myself like you view me? And God, I want to see you through this lens of Jesus who loves, who thinks that whatever you think about yourself, whatever you think about other people, that there's nothing you've ever done, there's no sin too far, God would do anything to have a relationship with you. Uh, at any time during this, uh, you can take communion as a way just to remind you of that love. So uh, I'm going to give you about five minutes just to reflect on those uh, items together. So go ahead and uh, reflect.
Jesus, as a church family, as those exploring our church family, uh, we do confess that sometimes we have been handed things that we then define and we live out wrong. And through the way that I have believed about other people, I have treated them poorly. And through the way that I have believed about myself, I have treated myself poorly. And through what I believed about you, I have not been able to love you with my whole heart. Uh, but we bring that to you knowing that you can reframe it. That there is a way to see other people. There is a way to see ourselves and there is a way to see you that is so good. That is so helpful. That is so the right way. That is so the way that leads to a full life. It's not always easy, but it's good. Help us to lean into that. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you came to this earth to set things right, to re-explain the things that we so badly misunderstand, to show us how we actually were meant to live our lives. And that when we screw it up, that you still remind us that you love us and that your grace is so big, even including your ability to die for us. We love you. May we pray. Amen. All right. So that's all what we are doing this fall. Hopefully that is clear. If not, feel free to come up and drill me and we'll come up with some better explanations. We'll see. Uh, a couple other things I want to let you know before we are done for today. Uh, first, this is like the done with the service part of the stage part of live services, but it is by no means the end of the live service. So uh, uh, the Chris's, yay Chris's, have made, uh, we got donuts and coffee back there, so hang out as long as you would want. Uh, meeting people, gathering with people. Uh, if you see someone and you've thought, man, I haven't seen them all summer, like we should get together. Ask them if they want to go out for lunch, plan coffee this week. Uh, that's what we really want to be as a church family. Uh, a couple of the things, we talk about this idea of church family, and in many ways we operate in that way. And so uh, kind of two ways that we operate as a family is that we're an independent church, so we don't have like a denomination that like gives us like finances or money. And so the way we're able to say, hey, we think this would be helpful to do a live service. We think it would be helpful to do groups, helpful to do a retreat. We're only able to do all that by all of us saying, well, let's pool some of our money together so that we can do those things. Uh, so if you want to help support what we're doing as a church, you can do that by giving uh, online. There's a text message number, uh, a couple other ways to give. Uh, but then, uh, as we talk about here, one of our practices is we want to be generous, and we want to be generous not just by giving money to the church, although that's a good thing. Uh, we want to be generous by giving in other ways, and so hospitality and causes that really matter, and so make sure you're uh, a part of that. Uh, then last thing, uh, kind of the idea of family. Uh, when we do these services, when we do groups, when we do all this stuff, really we're only able to do it as we as like a family are able to say, hey, like, here's how I can help out the family. And so I am like so appreciative for like, Tin using his gifts to like help our family out by being able to be musical and be helpful. Yeah, wait, Tin. Uh, so thankful for uh, uh, our leaders that are upstairs right now that are teaching our kids and to have that gift. And yeah, that's amazing. And so there's just so many different ways that we can all come together to serve each other as a family. And so if 
you're not currently like serving the family in a way and you've thought about it and you have some gifts and talents, uh, we would love to talk to you about that. And so on your bottom of your sheet, one, fill out this Connect card if you haven't already. You can either leave it right on your table or you can give it to Lindy or Leslie uh, in the back there. Uh, and that'll be a great way to communicate with us. But if there's any information that you want about anything we have coming up, uh, crew, teens, or if you're interested in volunteering, uh, or if you have a prayer request, uh, make sure you fill that out and make sure you leave it on your table or uh, better yet, uh, give it to the table over there. So all right, I, think, I think that's it for live service. So uh, enjoy. Get some coffee, donuts. Uh, do lunch plans with someone. See you guys soon.